You're listening to the Dear Billionaire Podcast, an honest conversation about attracting and retaining world-class household staff. So whether you're a millionaire or a billionaire, new money or old, if you already have a house manager and estate manager, or you're thinking about hiring one, you'll better understand how to be a good employer to find and retain trusted world-class staff, why you should care more about the people working inside of your home, and how to turn over the reins of management of your most valuable assets. I'm Kelly Ford Dixon. I was an estate manager for some of the wealthiest families in the world and am currently a luxury home management consultant. I'll be sharing some wisdom from other service professionals that may help improve the enjoyment of your amazingly complex life. So hello and welcome. This week, I thought I would walk you through a property assessment and why these are so important to any homeowner, but especially if you're new to the property. Um, I was on a site visit last week at a house where the homeowner had purchased this maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago. I can't remember, but they have had full-blown renovations happening since that time, since they purchased it. And they purchased it as is. However, nobody did a full inspection of the property. So even a bigger red flag. But I want to tell you what I found and what's so critical and and how I put this together. And again, if you've heard any of these other podcasts or blogs before, um, I use Excel spreadsheets, just the simplest bare bone basics uh, of Excel. And I've got three columns on my Excel spreadsheet. The first one is the priority. Um, what's the ranking of this particular uh, task or, or uh, assessment? What is the mechanical equipment or the item in the household that is... Um, being inspected and what is the information about it now i do a high medium and low priorities and what i found is that the homeowner even though every single appliance kitchen appliance and housekeeping appliance was new uh, the water heaters were uh, probably 13 to 17 years old no one's known uh, when the last time they were flushed out and serviced and looked at gaskets and things like that, or whether they were installed per building code. So the building codes have changed. Um, sometimes it's really worth it to look at the pans that go underneath that and, and bring those up to code because they are in your best interest to minimize damage if something like that leaks. But certainly you want to know um, the date that those were installed and know the life of those systems. So on a water heater, it might be 10 or 15 years. On an HVAC system, it could be 15 to 25 years. And again, if these are primary residents, they're going to realize they're going to have higher usage than, than a secondary home, likely. But what a lot of people don't look at are things like, for instance, last week we found out that a boiler in this home heating everything inside of this 
vacation home that is in a free zone uh, was 32 years old. Now, no one had mentioned it. I just happened to snap a picture of that little metal tag certification and it will tell you the date of installation or manufacturing on that and it's usually within that year that that unit was installed. So that's pretty important information. Number one, it's the summertime now and it's going to be less expensive to replace that boiler now than let's say the family visits at Christmas time, they fire that heater up 24 seven while they're visiting and all the kids are there, that's when it's going to likely fail. That's when it's going to take you longer to get a new unit and that's when it's going to cost more. So preventative maintenance always is the focus of what these property assessments are going to do. We're going to invest in smart money being spent as opposed to putting a Band-Aid on this and repairing it so we can get through our vacation with, you know, some level of comfort. The other thing that people look past are contractors documents and these specifically refer to the insurance certificates and specifically to workers comp. You're going to want to make sure that your contractors are insured and licensed in some states, California being uh, specifically called out for some of the tougher contractor laws. You have to be licensed to sell landscape services. If you go to someone's home and represent a company, you have to have a license for that. <clears throat> so anything, I believe the contract amount is maybe anything over $500 that you sell to a homeowner to improve their home, you must have a license or check into that and, and correct me if I'm wrong. The other thing is emergency preparedness plan. Now, no one thinks about this until uh, it's too late, but that includes things like fire extinguishers on this property last week. None of the contractors were charged with actually inspecting how many fire extinguishers, what type of extinguisher, when the last time any of the extinguishers were serviced. And certainly it is in everyone's best interest to have a safety inspection by the fire chief. Uh, set an appointment with someone that does their property walks. My experience has been they are ever so pleased to come out and walk the property, know that they're welcome on the property and that they are giving you their best advice to keep that home safe. Make sure also if you have security gates that you have a Knox box located so they can open your gates if you have a drowning, if you have to dial 911, if someone chokes or has a heart attack, they need to be able to get into your property very quickly. And Knoxbox allows uh, them, first responders, to get in. Smoke detectors. make If those aren't hardwired, and if they are, go ahead and test them with your uh, security company. But if they're battery operated, make sure... If you are new to the property, change the batteries and make a reminder on your calendar. Uh, one year from now, you're going to change those batteries out. Fireplaces, huge, huge miss. People just fire those up in the wintertime without having them inspected. A lot of them won't pass code because they were built with the original construction of the house. And those codes have changed dramatically. But there's many ways around that. And between repairs and safety features like spark arresters or 
ventless gas logs are all options for keeping fireplaces burning, keeping them within code restrictions and um, keeping your home heated in that way. But one of the biggest misses that we found on this particular property, there were two double garage door openers. One of them, the, and the operators themselves looked old. The little glass panels where the plexiglass had covered the light bulbs was smoked uh, and, and looked like it had aged tremendously and maybe turned a little yellow. But the springs themselves, and we experienced this, this in Tulsa, Oklahoma last week with the power outages, many of my friends and family members, when they lost power, couldn't get their cars out of the garage because when they pulled the quick release handle, the springs no longer supported the weight of the garage doors. And so manually lifting those was no longer an option. So what we found last week at the property assessment that I did was that one of the mounting brackets to one of the ends of the springs was disconnected from the wall and the bar that holds the springs was arced up. So right then and there, we pulled the car out, they shut down and no one had looked at those particular items as a course of remodeling that entire property. No one's fault. We're not pointing any fingers, just saying that if those springs fail, break because they become brittle, if you pulled the quick release and something happened, those things fly. But many, many other things like, do you know how to shut off your gas, your water, your electricity in case of a gas leak, a water leak, or a, an electrical fire? Look at each of those meters and make sure. I always do instructions on, do you turn it quarter turn, uh, clockwise, counterclockwise, all of those things on a little laminated sheet of paper in a notebook and a mechanical room inside of the water meter, uh, hole, whatever is extremely helpful. Again, we're preparing for emergencies. The rest of these all apply to irrigation leaks, locks and keypads, um, steam showers, water filtration systems, that sort of thing. All important information. So think of these as your appliances, your mechanical equipment, your technology, your safety and security. And of course, number one always at the list is lowering the homeowner's risk in case of emergency. So create a simple Excel spreadsheet or download the spreadsheet that I'm going to have for you this week and go to it. It takes about a day to maybe go through uh, these items and collect the information, but you'll be really glad that you did. Thank you for listening to the Dear Billionaire podcast. Please check our show notes, find us on social media and sign up for emails to receive promotions and notifications from estate management systems about our house management systems and services. We also have a YouTube channel with past contents that may be of interest to you. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel to receive notices of our weekly topics. And lastly, I want to thank Leonie Lawrence Van Sandwich. She is my editor, virtual assistant, and all-around smart woman that keeps things on track around here. And to the brilliant Paige Ray Creative for all of my brand development for all of my products and services. Thank you for listening.